Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory. I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and meet me in 1 John chapter 3, and today we're going to begin in verse 8. Let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into Your Word, we thank You that the entrance of Your Word brings light. So let there be illumination, understanding, breaking forth today in our hearts. We thank You for the work of Your Holy Spirit who makes this possible in Jesus' name, and we all agree and say, Amen. Verse 8, it says, He who sins is of the devil. Technically, in the Greek, that's talking about the practice of sin. This is not the Christian who goes out and uh, doesn't intend to, but ends up committing a sin or doing something that would be a sin. Uh, you know, any normal Christian doesn't want to sin, but here it, this would be implying the person who is practicing sin. And if you look at this in the Amplified Bible, it would bring that out more clearly. He who sins, or he who practices sin, is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning for this purpose. So there's a purpose for Jesus coming to the earth. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. So that He might destroy the works of the devil. The devil has certain works, certain things that he would like to have access into your life, to get into your marriage, to get into your family, to get into your house, to get into your body, your health, to get into your finances, and do harm. But what we want to do is not accept any of the devil's works. We want to return all of that junk back to the sender and let him keep it. Praise God. And we want to walk in the blessings of the Lord. So again, the scripture says that the Son of God, that of course being Jesus, was manifested that he might destroy the works of of the devil. When these works are sent to us, they oftentimes can come when you at least expect it, the works of the devil. And maybe you get a phone call, maybe you get a doctor's report, uh, maybe you get a letter or something that I wouldn't say it catches you off guard, but it's just that in, in life, we have, we have a spiritual part, we have a natural part. We have a devotional life, we love to pray, we love to be in the Word uh, day and night, and at the same time we also have to work. Uh, if you have a garden, you have to take care of the garden. If you have laundry, you've got to wash the laundry. If you have dishes, you need to wash the dishes, um, and on and on it goes. We have life responsibilities. So it, it seems like there's this this part of your life when you're having to focus on the natural. Not so much your devotional life or the spiritual, but when you have to focus on the natural, it seems like that's when the enemy tries to deliver the, the products or the materials containing his diabolical works. That's when he wants to try to send them to you, catch you off guard, get you to receive them because you're so uh, engaged in your, you know, what, whatever it is you're doing with life, the things you have to take care of, that He doesn't want you to suddenly, you know, switch and take hold of the Word and be spiritual and resist. But you're going to have to learn how to do that. Praise God. 
I get I get phone calls. I get urgent requests sometimes that come in, and there has to be almost an instantaneous response on my half on my behalf to be able to rise up and quickly get into the spirit. Why? Because somebody is on the other end of the line, and something's going on where the enemy has tried to send something into their life of devastation. And so, uh, those are the kind of phone calls I get. Pastor Stephen, uh, please call and, or please help because something's going on, and they want, they want me to pray for them. So, sometimes those calls come in, and I'm all prayed up. Maybe I just got through reading my Bible for an hour. Maybe, maybe I had a two-hour Bible study. Maybe I had a long prayer time. And if a call comes in like that, I'm like, praise the Lord. Let, you know, we'll tackle it right now. But there's other times with even with my life where, you know, I still have laundry to do. Uh, my wife does a lot of that. She won't let me touch the laundry. I seem to uh, uh, put it in the washing machine, and it's one color. And when it comes out, uh, it has turned another color. So my wife says, uh, Stephen, no laundry for you. So I try to help out, though, with other things, uh, you know, in the house and uh, in life in general to make life as smooth as possible. But um, I can be doing something natural, and then if I get one of those phone calls, it takes me a moment to switch. It would be the same thing for you. If it's four o'clock in the morning and you're asleep, and you suddenly get a phone call that's very urgent. Well, first of all, it takes just a moment to get your equilibrium to kind of wake up and, uh, you know, kind of let the fog lift or, you know, get your orientation, get your feet beneath you and uh, kind of get settled and figure out what's going on. So you can have these things that just kind of come in out of nowhere. And you need to know how to deal with them. Praise God. I had one of those phone calls today where I was, um, I was having to do something in the natural. I got a phone call, and it required an immediate spiritual response. Well, it, it took me a few minutes to get into the Spirit. That's normal. Um, there's nobody... Uh, what Moses wasn't like this. Elijah wasn't like this from the perspective. There's nobody who's in it 24-7. Um, the only person who ever was was Jesus. He could just, uh, he could go at any moment. But it also says about Jesus that he was filled with the Spirit without measure. So uh, to us, we are each given a measure of faith. So uh, the Lord was just like on all the time. Uh, and that's wonderful. But we, we can get into the Spirit. Uh, it took me just a couple of minutes to get into the Spirit. And to, you know, because uh, sometimes when, when there's a phone call, uh, suddenly outside, wh wh why are all the sirens going off? Why are ambulances driving by now? Why is there like all this noise? Why does chaos seem to be erupting? Uh, here I am just trying to make a simple uh, prayer over the phone. Why are all these things going on distracting me on top of also the, the element I'm moving out of the natural into the spiritual? Praise God. Now, uh, that's just because sometimes the enemy will try to do those things, but it's also just stuff that you have to press through to get over into the Spirit. And it can take a few minutes. I've, I've heard from some of the, um, uh, you know, other ministers strong in the faith, same type of challenge. Uh, I really like the story that Dr. David Youngie Cho told when, you know, he's just going about his uh, daily ministry work, just like we all do. Uh, remember, ministry is not always, 
you know, praying, fasting, studying the Word. Ministry is, a lot of the uh, ministry is also administrative. It's uh, the things that you have to do to keep a ministry running. And so Dr. Choke talked about the time where he's, you know, um, you're, this was decades back, but he's just taking care of things around the, uh, the ministry. The ministry's growing. And suddenly he gets a phone call out of the blue. He gets a phone call from the, from the school where his, uh, I believe it was his youngest son was attending. And, uh, you know, there's somebody at the school says, you need to get down here immediately. Your son's dead. Well, you know, uh, who expects something like that? Well, what had happened is quite a few of the uh, young children uh, had been poisoned. Somebody poisoned them. And uh, so a lot of the children have already uh, passed away. So he, he goes down there. And uh, long story short, he raises his son from the dead. Uh, interesting little side note is that his son who had died, you know, a, just a, a little boy, he had died. He had already gone to heaven. And he's in heaven, and the, the Lord met him. And the Lord said, you, you, can't, you can't come all the way in just yet. And the little boy said, why? He said, uh, Jesus said to the little boy, he said, because your father is praying for you right now. And it's dependent upon his prayer whether or not you're going to go back or you're going to come all the way in. And so uh, the little boy and Jesus kind of stood on the balcony of heaven, and Jesus is watching uh, David Youngie Cho pray. And Dr. Cho said it took him a while to switch gears from the natural, doing all the things you, you do daily with your job, do the natural stuff, to switch, to get over into the Spirit, and then to get way into the Spirit so that you could really begin to pray accurately and have the Holy Spirit praying through you. And when he got into that point, uh, Dr. Cho's son, who was in heaven, said, Jesus looked at him and said, you're going to have to go back. <laughs> he, he won't let you come home. You're going to have to go back. And so, um, a fascinating story. I, I, think, I think there are those of us who can relate to that, where, you know, uh, even when you walk close with the Lord, when you're taking care of the natural, if something comes up that requires some spiritual, you can get into it. But it might just take you a little bit, uh, you know, a few minutes or whatever to do that. Praise God. So, when the works of the devil, when the devil's package shows up on your doorstep, it may come in and it may, in a sense, be something that, of course, you weren't expecting. So, just, just compose yourself in the Lord. And, uh, and say, hang on just a moment. I'm not signing for that until I find out what that is. What is this? And uh, oftentimes the enemy will try to put something over on you, um, uh, you know, a feeling or sensation. And maybe you just think, well, I, you know, I, I guess I'm starting to have a problem here. No, ho hold on a minute. Don't receive that. Just say, no, uh, I'm not going to receive that. I'm not receiving any sickness. I'm not receiving any disease. I'm not receiving anything that Jesus bore for me at the cross, and He carried, carried it for me so that I don't have to carry it. Praise the Lord. So you just put your foot down, and when you realize that it's the work of, the, of Satan, the work of the enemy, you just say, no, I'm not taking that. Just return it to the person who sent it. Send it right back to the person who tried to send it to me. I don't want it. So there needs to be a refusal, a refusal to uh, get in the flesh and get angry. Just say, no, I'm not going to accept that. Spirit of anger, you're not coming on me. You just go back to where you came. I'm not accepting that. Uh, you know, spirit of fear, just go back uh, from where you came. I don't accept you. You're not, you're not allowed any access or entrance into my life. Praise the Lord. Those are the works 
of the devil. Those are the works. And Jesus came to absolutely destroy them out of your life. And he can remove those things out of your life. And then what we must do is guard our heart, guard our life, and not allow those things to come back into our lives. Praise God. Again, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, the last thing that you want to do concerning something that Jesus wants to destroy is actually allow it in and then allow it to take root and begin to wreak havoc in your life. No, don't do that. Praise God. If it's not from God, uh, don't receive it. If it, uh, if it's from the devil, just say, no, I'm not having anything to do with that. That package from the devil, his works, it's not coming into my car. It's not coming into my house. It's not coming into my mouth. It's not coming into my ears. Let it go back to the place from whence it came, but it's not coming here. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And that's what you do with the devil's packages. That's what you do with the things that he would try to send you. Just send it on back. Say, nope, I don't receive it. This must leave now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, speaks of how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The devil has plans to oppress the human race. The devil has plans and strategies to oppress God's own people. That, of course, would be you and I. But Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all, all who were oppressed by the devil. So Jesus is going around healing people. And so that gives us insight that sickness and disease is the oppression that Satan brings. Praise the Lord. Now there are some individuals in the church who misunderstand the goodness and the kindness of God who misunderstand the scriptures and they actually think that sickness and disease is from God. Well, if sickness and disease were from God and God did send it, then why is Jesus going around getting it off of the people, setting the people free? If he's doing that and God sent it, then he is directly working against the will of God. And the Father and the Son would be in disharmony. And they would have to stop and say, now hold on a minute, one of us is getting this wrong. But no, my friends, the Word of God is in perfect, uh, absolute, supernatural harmony. And so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are always always in agreement, and the Word will always agree with their actions. So, God's not confused. People get confused. And so, sickness and disease is satanic oppression. And Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Oppressed with what? Sickness and disease. That's what He's doing. He's healing them from that. All who were oppressed by the devil. Praise the Lord. God does not want you to ever receive any form of sickness or disease. Pastor Stephen, when that shows up in the, uh, at the uh, mailbox of my life, 
and the enemy tries to put it on my life, what do I do? Don't accept it. Do not accept that package. Say, no, in the name of Jesus, I don't take delivery of this. Oh, no. You know, sore throat, flu, cold, uh, whatever it might be, I do not accept this in the name of Jesus. I send this back to where it came from, and we know where it came from. It came from the kingdom of darkness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look, there's enough people out there who will receive it, who will not even uh, try to resist it. But my friends, we have been redeemed from the full curse of the law. We have a covenant with God. That covenant includes the remission of our sins. It includes our justification, being made right with God through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it also includes, in that atoning package, it also includes divine health. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. I really like Galatians chapter 3, verses, and, uh, verses 13 and 14, that clearly tell us that in Christ, the blessing of Abraham is now on us. Wow, that was a covenant. Um, that covenant, which included prosperity and health and longevity and uh, just a full package of blessing and, and right relationship with God, that covenant is accessed by faith. It says that the blessing has now come on the Gentiles through faith. So you have to take it by faith. You have to believe it by faith, and you have to resist that which is not of God, and say, no, this is, this is part of the curse, sickness, disease, lack, insufficiency, uh, headaches, dementia, losing your mind, losing your health. No, that's all part of the curse. Did you ever notice there's not one good thing in the curse not one good thing. There's, there's nothing good about poverty. There's nothing beautiful about poverty. Send that back to where it came from. Send it back to the devil. Don't ever receive that. Don't ever allow a spirit of poverty to come upon you. Don't ever allow a poverty mentality to be uh, something that you adopt as some kind of a holy theology. No, there's nothing holy about poverty at all. There's nothing holy about sickness and disease. There's nothing wonderful or beautiful of looking at your children racked with pain in their bodies and standing back and saying, isn't that beautiful? No, it's not beautiful. It's wicked and evil. Everything about the curse is bad. Everything about God's blessing is good. Now that same blessing that came on Abraham through covenant now comes on you through Christ Jesus, but you must take it by faith. Glory to God. And as you do, you'll begin to see it blossom, bloom, manifest in your life. And you'll begin to see the works of Satan destroyed out of your life. Glory to God. Can you imagine what would your life be like with the works of Satan removed from your life? Glory to God. That's what God's doing. That's what God's doing. That's what Jesus is anointed for. That's what this word is anointed for. And when you work this word and put it in your life, it is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. And it will get the job done. You know, the enemy, he, he respects power. He respects power and he respects 
authority. And you have to know who you are in the Lord. You have to know who you are in the Lord, and you have to walk close with God. I remember the uh, somewhat comical story that the great evangelist R.W. Schambach uh, shared. Of course, Brother Schambach has gone on to be with the Lord. But he, uh, years back, before he had his own well-known ministry, he served the, the mighty apostle of God, A.A. A. Allen. And A.A. A. Allen was known for a miracle ministry, true, valid, genuine miracles. Many of those are even captured on film. Uh, they can be viewed today through archives and so forth. But uh, Brother A.A. A. Allen was the miracle working man. Brother A.A. A. Allen also had a very powerful deliverance anointing. Well, Brother Schambach led much of the praise and worship and then helped out in many other areas with uh, uh, preaching and teaching in the meetings and so forth. Of course, Brother Allen was the primary speaker. But uh, Brother Schambach uh, said, you know, that they did a lot of ministry on demon-possessed people, getting them free. And uh, there was one person who was possessed uh, with multiple spirits, and uh, Brother Schambach uh, said he and some others for three hours ministered deliverance to that person and could not get that person free from the evil spirits that were on the inside. And so, you know, after three hours, uh, Brother Schambach uh, just, you know, took a break. Uh, they were all kind of wore out. The, uh, the deliverance team was kind of wore out, and the spirit was not leaving this person. And so uh, the, the person who was possessed was actually in a car. And so uh, Brother Shambach had gone and sat in the car and, and endeavored to minister to this person. Others had endeavored to minister. And so um, uh, with no success, Brother Shambach went and uh, told A.A. A. Allen what was going on. And so uh, he goes and tells A.A. A. Allen the situation of the demon-possessed person. And uh, Mr. Allen said, um, he's, I'll, I'll go take care of it. And he goes, he goes, opens the door of the car, goes inside of the car, closes the door. The door opens, and he's out in 30 seconds. And he walks by Brother Shambach and says, the person's free. And Shambach goes, oh, no, no, you're not going to do that to me. You're not going to just go do that and then, you know, not and walk away and not tell me wh what you did or, or, like, what happened. Like, what did you say? What did you go in there and say to this uh, evil spirit inside of the person? Because we tried everything in the book, and nothing's working. He said, what'd you do? A.A. Allen said, he said, I sat down, I looked at the person, I could see the evil spirit in the person's eyes. And he said, I said this, I'm A.A. Allen, and it's time for you to leave. <laughs> and it left. <laughs> and all of the ones with it, it was being ruled over by a ruler of darkness, and all of the others that were under the authority of that evil spirit, boom, when that one went, they, they all left, they all came out. See, you have to know your authority. The, the enemy respects power and authority, but you, you have to get in the spirit. You just can't do this stuff out of your head. That, you know, because if it's intellectual, uh, it's, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, there is textbook, how can we say, procedures you could follow, but this whole thing is based out of relationship. It, uh, it has to be based out of relationship. Kind of reminds me of the story when the, um, uh, the Jewish uh, zealous young guys wanted to do an exorcism. 
uh, the seven sons of Sceva trying to cast the evil spirits out of this man. And they basically said, well, well, we'll cast a spirit out of you, and turned around and attacked those men. Uh, but before they attacked, they said, they said, Paul we know, and Jesus we know, but, but who are you? In other words, you have no weight in the spirit realm. You know, you know we don't care about if you have, uh, you know, theological credentials and stuff like that. That, that stuff doesn't that doesn't make the devil nervous at all. I'm not putting down degrees, and uh, the, you know, th there's a place to study, and there's a place for honors and stuff like that. But you, you need to know that that's not going to that's not going to move the devil. The devil doesn't care if you if you can, uh, you know, translate the New Testament in Greek, or you know, if you know what the Hebrew root word meaning is. That doesn't move the enemy. What moves the enemy is knowing who you are in the Lord, a close walk with God, and you, you, you have that anointing on you, and so now you're walking in power, and now you know how to use authority right. When they see that, uh, they're already getting nervous, and you command them to leave, and you have the authority. Uh, they're going to have to pack up and go. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, let's talk just for a moment about authority. I want you to return the devil's junk back to the sender. The, yeah, the moment that you would ever notice he's trying to put a package on you. He's trying to put something yucky on you, trying to put shame or condemnation, trying to put sickness on you. The moment you notice it, say no in the name of Jesus. Use your authority. Put your foot down and say, get out of here with that stuff. I'm not receiving it in the name of Jesus. Um, let's talk a little bit about authority. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Serpents and scorpions, a representation of the powers of darkness, evil spirits. Uh, there, there have been times when I've seen into the spirit realm, uh, and I've seen the, the snakes, the serpents. One time there was a young boy that I was able to minister to who had been molested uh, from an early age by his own parents. Um, a very, very sad thing when something like that is perverted and normal, natural boundaries are just torn down. Uh, it, it, um, it just shatters a person on the inside and it, it causes them to be demonized. So he had been molested for many, many years and then was being um, today we'd say sold out or exchanged in these um, secret circles of depravity. And, and he just, he was not free. But uh, I had been praying for him. And one, one night after a very powerful uh, session of anointing him with oil and ministered to him, ministering to him and after prayer and fasting, um, we, we knew God had deeply touched his life. And that night I uh, when I went to sleep, I had a dream, and in the dream, I saw snakes coming out of him. They were evil spirits just coming out of him, and it uh, it just took a little while after that, and he was free. He he had gotten free, but the outside forces of demonized people that still wanted access to him, they were still trying to break through in that in that spirit realm. But uh, the authorities had taken him away from his parents, um, and. Uh, but they were still trying to do witchcraft against him, so there was a great prayer shield erected, and he was 
a short time after that completely set free from the outside tormenting factors praise God well he got set free from the inside tormenting factors the demons that were in him and when they came out they were coming out like snakes that's what it looked like as I was seen in the spirit realm so Jesus said behold I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you so you can exercise authority you just you just need to understand though there's there's boundaries where you have authority and areas that you don't have authority and if you try to exercise it that even that Christ-like authority in an area that you don't have authority you're you're not going to get any results so uh, you know here where I live in Wilkes County we have a very good uh, law enforcement very good uh, police department and they have authority here in this county. But you know what? These guys, they, the law enforcement here, they can't get on a plane and fly to New York and get off the plane with their uniforms locally here from North Carolina and start arresting people in New York who would be uh, committing criminal trespasses. They can't do that. They, they, they don't, why? They don't have authority in that jurisdiction. That's outside of their authority. There's others assigned to that authority. They have the right to do that there. But you, you need to understand authority because if you tried to exercise this authority in places or even in situations where it's not permitted, then it won't work. Even with people, a, a person has to give you permission for you to pray over them or for you to cast an evil spirit out of them, if that, if that would be the case. And as, as, uh, as, um, unfortunate as this may sound there are some people that don't want to be delivered and they they don't want you to cast that evil spirit out of them <laughs> they, they like it uh, some people have a spirit of gossip uh, others have a um, I've seen some people have certain spirits of sickness and they don't want it to go I think they want to keep it uh, I don't know why they would want to keep it but from just my outward observation they want to keep it for reasons of self-pity they like how other people with a religious spirit give them like certain types of pampering and oh you poor thing and uh, they like all of that and so they, they, they just like having that heaped on them uh, so they don't they don't want to be free but um, even with our own life see God gave us free will you can choose whether or not you want to be saved or whether you want to go into eternal perdition the choice is, is yours uh, so we have chosen Christ we have chosen eternal life it's a personal choice God cannot force anybody to uh, receive Jesus you have to make that choice to do that by your own free will and so when you're exercising authority if it's your life go for it tell the devil take a hike I'm not you're not you're not putting any of that stuff on me I don't receive it uh, but with other people you're going to need permission to exercise authority I had a situation uh, some years back where I received a phone call it was about 10 o'clock in the morning uh, another one of those kind of like out of the blue uh, calls where something's going on on the other end of the line where uh, how can we say emergency situation so I got one of those phone calls about 10 o'clock in the morning 
And, uh, you know, I, ha- I had a good prayer time that morning, so I was prayed up for this. That's why you want to go into your days prayed up. You never know what a day is going to hold. And uh, even if you're very busy during the day, if you've been prayed up, that anointing will stay with you throughout that day. And you can always draw on that anointing, just like pulling up water out of a well. It will be there. Just just start, you know, uh, you know, thinking about the Lord, praying the Spirit a little bit, that anointing will come right up. Well, I got this phone call at 10 o'clock in the morning saying, um, uh, Pastor Stephen, please come over. Brother so-and-so has died. I said, uh, I said, what? What do you mean he, he, he's, he's died? I saw him just a few days ago, and, uh, uh, you know, wasn't he out doing something last night with a bunch of people? Oh, yeah. I said, well, he was only in his 50s. Well, yeah, we know that. Um, well, we're over at his house right now, and he's dead. He had a, had a giant heart attack last night, and he's dead. Well, they asked me to come over and lay hands on him and pray over his dead body, believing God to do a miracle. And they, they had all, how can I say, they'd all tried. Uh, but they even, how can I say in a nice way, they even knew they were doing it in the flesh. You know, come back! And, you know, of course, nothing happens. You can do that stuff to a dead person all day long, and if you can't get in the Spirit, nothing's going to happen. Because the only way you can touch things like that is through the gift of working of miracles. And so they said, please come over and pray, and pray for Him. So uh, they had they'd all kind of gotten prayed out. He'd, I think, been dead for about four hours. So I go over there, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of upset people. Uh, there's also a lot of people there because the word had already spread. He'd passed away. And so there's a, there were a lot of people that had prayed for him and blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, nothing happened. So he's sitting there in a chair dead. So um, I go over to him very calmly uh, to his body. And just I was in the peace of the Lord. I was in the peace of the Lord. I'd, it took me about 10 minutes to get into that realm because I, I was driving. As I drove there, I could get over into that spirit realm. And so I got there and I, I began to sense that anointing come on me for working of miracles. And so I put my hand, I put my hand on him and I called him by name. And I called out his name and I said, Come back. Let's just say his name was Joe. I said, it, That wasn't his name, but for example, I said, Joe, come back in the name of Jesus. And I, I, I thought breath had jumped back into him because my hand was, was right by his nose, right by his mouth. And what had happened, though, is life didn't come back into him. But he came back. His spirit came back, in, but he did not go into his body. He came back right by his nose, but he did not go into his body. And he said, he said Stephen, because I, I knew him well, and I, I could recognize his voice. He said, Stephen... I don't want to come back. Well, that was that surprised me because you know when you hear about people be all the testimonies of so and so was raised from the dead. You think that's cool, but I had never run into something where somebody didn't want to get raised from the dead. <laughs> and so with great, with great uh, anointing, I said, I said, brother, I said in the name of Jesus, come back into your body. And he said, Stephen. His spirit once again came right by my hand, and I thought I thought breath was starting to come out of him. But I looked, and I could I could sense, and I could tell his spirit. He's standing right there, but he won't go into his body. He'd he'd come from heaven down back just to make this announcement, uh, but nobody else could hear it or or perceive what was going on. 
in the Spirit, because I'm hearing and seeing in the Spirit. And he said, Stephen, he said, I do not want to come back. And he, he, he gave me instruction to tell his wife who was standing there, and also his son and his family. He said, tell them I love them, but I'm not coming back. I'll see them in heaven. And his spirit was just and left. Well, Pastor Stephen, you should have done that anyhow. You should have raised him from the dead anyhow, just like Jesus did over Lazarus. Jesus had permission. It was God's will that Lazarus be raised from the dead. And it could have been God's will for this man to be raised, but he didn't want to. He didn't want to. Now, I, behind the scenes, knew some reasons why he probably was happy to go home. Doesn't mean that it was right, you know, still had a young son and uh, had a good wife, a beautiful house, and a uh, good life. But there were some things he had confided with me in private that I will never tell that I can understand him wanting to go on home. It's okay. But um, there are other cases. I've heard other cases of people that, that died and it wasn't their time, and the Lord met him in heaven, said, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come back. Uh, one man's story I really liked. He, he was standing there in heaven. He had had an accident, and he died. The Lord said, I'm going to send you back, uh, but I want you to go back because there, there's a lot of work that I still have for you to do. And he said, Lord, I don't want to go back and have to go through all of that, and I'm so happy here. And the Lord said, yes, but there's so much I have for you to do. And the man looked down, and uh, the Lord kind of showed him the things that he would do. And the man said, okay, Lord, I'll go back. And the Lord said, if you had wanted to stay, I would have let you stay. But I, I would have been really disappointed in you if you would have done that. So he said, I'm very happy you're going back. <laughs> Woo! Oh, there's a lot that goes on in the spirit realm. A lot of it has to do with what we choose, our desires, our heart our heart for the Lord, our desire to please God. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. But look, you have to have authority. And when you have authority, you can exercise it. But if, if there's something that pops up, uh, maybe something you haven't even encountered before where you don't have the authority, then um, you need to either get the authority or realize if you can't get it, uh, such as the case of an individual person, only they can choose and make those decisions. It's their life. You can't override that. Well, you have to honor that, whatever, whatever it is. Praise God. But here's the good thing. As for you and your house, you can serve the Lord. And as for you and your life, you know, you can say, hey, you know what? We're allowing the Lord to be the Lord over our house, over our lives. And we're not accepting things that are not of God, not in this house. Praise the Lord. Parents, listen very carefully. You have authority over your children. If your children are in your house, living in your house, and they're under your authority, which they would be just by being in your house that gives you authority, then you can pray for them. You can pray for them, and you have authority. And sickness and disease tries to jump on them. You can rebuke it in the name of Jesus. You know, when our children grew up, we would just pray for them. If they got sick or something like that, we could just pray for them, and boom! Wow, that, that thing would just leave them. I mean, I, I can't even count the times that when the enemy tried to send the package of sickness, me and Kelly would just pray, and it would just leave instantly. Almost every time, instantly it would just leave, and shoo, just gone. 
He's like, wow, no, no medical bill, no having to go to the doctor. Why? I had authority, knew my authority, exercised it, and sent the junk back to the sender, back to the devil from where it came. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, those that are watching right now, if there's something that has been delivered into their life by the enemy, uh, Lord, they need to return it immediately. Maybe something has come on their children. Maybe something has come up on their own lives. So, Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let your people rise up right now with Holy Spirit authority, with word backed authority, and let them send that evil report back. Hallelujah. Let them send the sickness and disease back. Thank you, Father. Recognizing its origin and its source as being demonic, as sickness and disease as being satanic. Thank you, Father. Something to be resisted with every ounce of our faith and strength. Now, Father, let your anointing rise upon them now to deal with any unlawful deliveries that have been made into their lives. We thank you, Father God. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So put your foot down, use your authority, and send that stuff back. Say, devil, you've got to pack up and go now. I rebuke this. I cancel this. I reverse this. This leaves now. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you, the Holy Spirit, show me right now, you have occult objects in your house. And if you have occult things in your house, that gives the enemy a legal right to have a portal into your house. And it can cause some very bizarre things. Some of you have had unexplainable things going on in your house. But yet, you've got occult art on your walls. You've got occult music in your house. You've got demonic stuff in your house. And it's giving the, the enemy permission to come in. Okay? So let the Holy Spirit help you search for it, find it. And like Achan with the accursed stuff, throw it out and get rid of it. Don't sell it on eBay. Throw it out. Take it straight to the dumpster and uh, throw it away. Some of you have uh, old uh, VH, VHS uh, cassette tapes, and uh, I'm seeing uh, 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 those old cassettes uh, and videos and things that have great impurity on them. You need to take them and throw them into the garbage. Praise God. Get them out of your house immediately. Praise God. And Lord forbid, if there's uh, if there's magazines, if there's printed material with uh, images, you need to get that stuff out. You need to get it out of your house. You know what I'm talking about. Praise God. But some of you have it on, I know what you're thinking. You've got it on DVD, Blu-ray DVD. You think, Pastor Stephen, I paid $29 for that. Well, if you, if you, if you are willing to accept a major curse for $29, uh, that, that's your choice. But if I were you, I'd take that $29 uh, you know, horror movie or whatever it is, that DVD, I don't care if it's in uh, high definition. Break it, shatter it, and throw it, and get out of your house. Praise God. We're coming in the spring. Might be time for you to do some spring cleaning. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father God. You know, it's really hard to get others delivered if you yourself are bound. If you've got those things in your house, and you want to be free, but you're not willing to get rid of that stuff. The, the, the enemy just he doesn't go anywhere. He, he respects a true authority and power, and that comes out of a walk with the Lord. That comes out of an obedient heart. Father, set your people free. The anointing's flowing right now. Deal with anything that needs to be dealt with. There's an anointing that's flowing. Let's celebrate 
this authority that has come to us through Christ by taking holy communion together. As you take this, the enemy is going to be burned. The, there's going to be a like a Holy Spirit righteous acid that is going to touch the enemy and back him out. And what this is, it's the blood of Jesus being established as a covering over your house and a covering over your heart. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. There's, there's an anointing for deliverance right now for nicotine, for snuff, cigarettes, any type of tobacco product, any type of, uh, you know, there's all, all of these e-cigarettes and vaping. There's an anointing right now for you to get free. The blood of Jesus will touch that thing and burn it. It will begin to drive it out of your life. And so you can begin to get all this paraphernalia, which is really forms of poison, and get them out of your life. There are also forms of narcotics. Just begin to get those out of your life. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. Now we sanctify it and consecrate it. This is now the flesh and the pure and holy blood of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. Thank you. We resist the enemy. Father, show the enemy where he's at. He often hides and tries to slip these deliveries in. Show it to your people. Show, show the work. Thank you, Father. He comes as an angel of light, so he tries to sneak in. But he's still full of death and darkness. So, Father God, expose the enemy. Let the light be turned on, and let all of his, all of his product that has been delivered, let it be rejected and thrown out. Now, we thank you, Father, for illumination. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the body of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We receive we receive His body now. Let's partake together. Glory. Praise the Lord. The fire of the Lord is coming into your house. The fire of the Lord is coming into your life. A consuming holy fire to burn up the work of the Lord. Excuse me, the work, to burn up the work of the enemy. What I'm seeing the Lord do right now is uh, salt. I see salt being sprinkled. Salt also represents a covenant. Scripture mentions a covenant of salt. And salt salt preserves. So with the removal of the decay of the rot of the things the enemy has sent, God's going to, uh, God's going to heal you up real quick. And there's salt, there's salt for healing and preservation. Praise God. You're being made whole. Rejoice in the Lord. Glory to God. And I see that, I, I see that with the force shield that God is putting up around your life, this establishment that you're making with the Lord, that the enemy's not going to be able to penetrate anymore. He'll still try, but he's not getting through. He's not getting through. The blood of Jesus is against him. Praise God. Father, we celebrate the blood of Jesus. We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We thank you for the cross, because it's at the cross that the enemy was defeated. Hallelujah. So we proclaim the Lord's death. And so we also proclaim the enemy's total, complete defeat, because truly on that day he was destroyed. Father, he has authority over the unbelievers, but his authority over the child of God has now been broken forever, and we give him no access. Thank you, Father. We hide under the shadow of your wings. Lord, your wings are so big. Your protection is so sure. Lord, nothing can get past you and our lives are hidden in you. We thank you, Father God, that you are our safe hiding place. 
Father, we receive the blood of Jesus now. Let's drink together. Keep high the shield of faith. Because what happens is you become fortified. Others will want to flee to your tower of safety. They'll see that you have anointing, that you have strength, that you have grace, that you have answers, that you have solutions. And they'll say, they'll say, help me. Help me. My castle has been overrun. You're so strong. Help me. And you, you can selectively help. You, you, don't want, you, you don't want to get drained. You have to be careful that you don't just drain, get drained, that your own, your own um, walk with God becomes weak. You must stay strong. But you can be so strong that you minister out of the overflow. And the overflow is for the others. Glory to God. And they're all around you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, you can expect some phone calls, some emails. They're going to be coming to you as well for help. Praise God. Glory to God. You know what to do? Use your authority. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. And you'll see the Lord Jesus back it. Heaven backs it up, and the enemy knows exactly what they have to do. They have to leave. Praise the Lord. Father, bless your people. We thank you. We thank you that we return all of the enemy's items. Particularly today we're discussing sickness and disease. We return it all back to the sender. And Father, we receive only your goodness. We thank you for your healing and divine health. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. See you back next time. Bye-bye.